off as my filmmaking. Yeah, so film, it's just, it started off as like a hobby. I was just doing it with, um, I was just really young. My friend, I think we were just watching, we wanted to make a Spider-Man movie and I, we had like an iPad in the house. So I started recording on that. Just, um, yeah, doing bits on the, on the iPad, like recording it. And then I got like a really, like a free editing app and then just building it up slowly. And then the sooner so my cousins or friends and just kept at it through the years, slowly like updating um whatever equipment you're using and using the family camera and stuff like that. So now doing it in college, doing um media studies, uh we've access to all cameras and bits. So we're every like I do I don't sometimes I get embarrassed looking back at my older stuff, but it's nice seeing the progression there from um like the earlier stuff, which was very basic to now and i can even see lessons from like the one the last one i went which is releasing in a week or so which i made like last year i don't know i, I wasn't able to release it yet uh because it was gone on festivals so it's called out of sight that was one i made it was like my first probably big college one and it was a big like real big labor i loved doing that one it was just took a long time to film and uh stuff like that but then yeah so just it's it's all it's been a process but it's love doing it so you know we gotta keep at it yeah what have you learned since uh you started doing it from when like so when you started it to now well like you know the old saying like failing to prepare is preparing to fail so like the more as i've gone the more i've learned about the technical side and what kind of helps yourself out so i i when i do i edit my stuff as well at the minute i don't have like an editor and it's like that so um the way i kind of do it is if i imagine each person different job is like someone I'm trying to help out to make their job easier. So when I'm writing something, I'll do the first draft, which is just like the story. And then you do a few drafts of that till you get the script really well. And then you do what's called like a shooting script. So that's like how to feel, how you want it to actually look. And you don't always do that as a screenwriter. Usually that's up to the director, but I do. I usually, I usually direct my stuff. So I was like, oh, well, I'd like to have this shot, like start the top of the roof or something or like on a close up. So you put as much work into each stage as you can to make the next job easier. So if I'm like writing a shooting script, I'll take an extra few hours to plan out where we're going to put all the shots. Cause then if we're arriving on the day and we've got like an hour to shoot and then I've got actors there who are like giving up their time and they're like for free to come and film some stuff. I don't want to add time being like, Oh, well maybe we can film from here. Maybe film from that. Like I'd rather have as good a plan as possible. Of course, you have to leave room for improvising and then being like, oh, it'd be cool if you did actually added this bit in. But um, yeah, that's kind of the way I try to do it. And it, it doesn't always pan out like is that we did a lot of night shoots in this recent one and it was kind of very haphazard, but it came out very well because of, I, well, I think it's coming out well because of the planning we're doing. So then it's like filming it. I'll, I'll keep recording some stuff and I'll get extra bits because I'm like, I don't think we need that now, but I know that later on when I'm editing it, um, It'll make that job easier if I have extra bits, you know. So the but the big thing I've learned is like you know you got to keep it um preparing stuff and also you got to keep it fun like you kind of have to you get the balance between like you're obviously there to do a bit of work and you want to do a good job but it's all about having a bit of nice environment on set and like making sure the actors are comfortable and having conversations and being open to ideas because like sometimes someone will suggest an idea on set and it could be like somebody's holding the boom mic or it could be an extra. And we're like, yeah, we'll we'll record that now, and then it ends up being in the movie. So, oh right, yeah, yeah. So it's um, you know, you got to be very collaborative and open, but also like wise of your time and other people's time. Twenty away from it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not. How do you manage that? Like, if if is there ever a time when like people are all kind of shouting in ideas, or there's like a lot of like almost over. Yeah. Like do you know the other way, like you're saying, like. Um, you want to listen to everyone's ideas, but at the same time, you don't have time to try every single thing someone says. Yeah, it'll always be a conversation. Like, so I'll get to the point where I won't, I won't like deny someone's idea until I'm a hundred percent certain I understand what they're saying. So if I'm in the middle of doing something and they're like trying to pitch me an idea and I know I'm not listening, I'm like, can you tell me that in like five minutes? I just need to finish this bit here, and then I'll say, okay, explain this to me, and I won't like shut it down until I know if i'm if i can say okay i understand what you're saying and I'll, I'll be able to say back to them we just might not do that for this reason and this reason and this reason like it's always going to be a conversation because like you don't want to be like a dictator on set as a director like no because i'm like i've seen some mad yeah. videos of like people going like a power trip and sometimes that's like 
I probably do sleep in the night when it's just like getting like two in the morning and we're outside and we're freezing and I'm just like, can you just do the scene, guys? You know, yeah, yeah. I I would do a lot of stuff for the drama society in the college. So we had a play on recently, like a short play festival and one of mine was in it. And um, I was like lucky enough, I had some really good actors on it, but they're also like very uh, like like creatively involved they weren't just a lot of them just weren't interested in just read the script they wanted to kind of talk about it about the ideas in it and stuff like that and one of the actors she was very good she's like a playwright in her own she's like a very good play like she had, she had a few plays on this year she's very good and um she kind of they all did in fairness but everyone kind of kept me on my toes a bit with some stuff in the script where if i knew i was kind of taking a shortcut i was i had a lot on and i was like oh it's fine we'll just leave it they'd be like no you need to kind of do something better here and i was like I was, I'd be at the minute. I'd be like, just gotta get something done. But then, in hindsight, a hundred percent was the better decision. So, like, the play was about, um, is about like the kind of like an Elon Musk type, like this really rich lad, and he's hired an actor to play his public persona. So he's like a recluse, like he actually never leaves his apartment. But he has this lad he pays to pretend to be him to go do interviews and go walk on red carpets and do like the whole, uh, like Steve Jobs presentation thing. And then the other act, the other character was like this talk show host who um he has a few interviews with throughout the play, and just little bits in it. Like I thought the script the first it was good, but um the input that the other actors gave and giving advice on ideas for scenes it just a hundred percent improved it. So that's another example thing like that where you do need to be receptive to ideas and critic like criticism because at some level it's like it is your um you know, you're the director, you're the writer, you have to have a bit of like your vision and you have to put your foot down sometimes. But a lot of the times, if you're open to listen, I find that some stuff will change for the better. So there's one thing I won't say because we're putting a video of it up soon, but um, at the ending of it, like the litter of the last scene, it was originally very different. And I kind of had that in the script and I kind of explained it to them what like what it was. And then this actor, she was like, her name's Ariana. Anyone here know her, her, but she's very good. She's like a play, right? And she goes, no, that's shit. I was like, what? I was like, no, if I was watching a play and she's like, I know I'd enjoy this play if I was watching it. And if it ended like that, I'd hate it. And I was like, oh, so I did that thing I said where like I explained it to her until I was sure she understood what I was going for. And she was like, I understand that, but it's, it's just not good. (laughs) <laughs> she meant the whole thing in general no just the ending like the, oh, lit- the, ending. the literal okay. not even the last scene but the last moment was meant to, i'll just say it because it got taken out the last moment is meant to be um she introduces like she says and he's got to come out and talk to you now says the main guy the um the the billionaire said here comes he's got to come talk to the audience but there's like a fake audience she's doing her talk show right and the original ending was nobody comes out just to say just left empty for a minute and then the light slowly fades away because the play is all about like identity and about how like you're a different person when you're on your own versus like you're a totally different person when you're outside, you know. And this is taken literally where like the idea, the billionaire in the play is called Everon Mist. And the idea was like, obviously, it's literally like he's an actor and the real person. But the idea is like Everon Mist, like actually the real person, he's like in this apartment all his life and he doesn't go outside and he's just on his laptop. And then the version that everyone else sees is this actor that he hires that he maintains his image and he's cool and he's confident and he's handsome and all that. And he's like great on talk shows because he just he has enough money to actually pay someone to do that for him rather than have to go out and be like charismatic himself. Mm. And it's all about like say, well, it's it's about tension between these two guys of like this actor being like, we're doing this for like 25 years. I'm sick of this. And then um, the, um, the play will be up on YouTube soon. You can watch it for like, but the tension is that the billionaire starts going outside. Like he starts getting a taste for going out and being just like a, a normal person. Cause nobody recognizes him. Cause he doesn't look anything like the guy he's hired to pretend to be him. Yeah. So he goes out and does, he just, he'll go to a pub or something or go to a cafe and just be a normal person. And people treat him like a normal guy. Cause he just, no one knows who he actually is. And then he starts getting a taste for that life. And then the agreement was that, he's going to build a rocket and go off to Mars someday. And then once that day's over, the actor can reveal what's happened and he'll get all this praise for being like, Oh my God, you stayed in character for years. And like, 
I can't believe you did this. You're such a good actor and he'll get famous and he'll get everyone. This is going to give him like a billion dollars. But then the billionaire is like, no, I don't want to do that now. And then your man's like, well, what do you mean? I'm stuck. No one's going to believe. Like, imagine like Elon Musk suddenly started going like, no, guys, I'm actually like an actor. I'm not like the real. I'm not actually Elon Musk. I'm Elon Musk is like this guy who and like no one would believe him. No, no, no. Would. So like, yes, we're like, no one's going to believe this if you don't back it up. Like you need to act the real Elon Musk to come out and say, yeah. oh, oh, this, whatever. And um, so just about the tension there of this guy, he's like a billionaire living. He just got the taste for living like a normal life. So he's got this actor kind of trapped, pretending to be him in public. Then so at the end of the play, I won't spoil what happens, but the very last bit would have been the talk show host being like introducing to you all the real everyone missed or whatever. And then there'd be like a pause. I'd have it that no one comes out. And the idea was like that everyone missed never really existed. Like he only, he had the public life, which was this actor and he had the inside life, which was this recluse, recluse billionaire, but night they never met in the middle. Like he never was an actual person. He was just kind of like an idea and that there was nothing there. And once I explained that to her, Ariana goes, I really hate that. Can we do something else? <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I went away and thought about it. And she was right in the end. And I, I wrote a different ending and uh, it came out a lot better. And then that ending ended up being the thing that people really liked. And I'd say to them, well, actually, yeah, originally it was going to be this. And they're like, oh, that would have been shit. I was like, yeah, I know. So you do have to like be open to people's suggestions, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's an interesting um storyline though, the thing about the about the two different two different identities, like yeah. the guy who because it it makes sense, like the thing you were saying about like what, what everyone else sees and what you kind of just see yourself. Yeah. Uh, there's like a divide. I don't know, maybe maybe not for everyone, but there is definitely like a, a thing where you just you, you kind of when you get home from work or you get home from something, you just kind of yeah. go back into who you actually are. Yeah, just and 'cause there's I just kind of just that difference between like regardless of like so I, I don't mind going to work for example but i i'm sure it's same like I, you'd work a lot in like meeting people like when you work in the agri you work in like shops now and all that's mm, like yeah. same to me like you have to do you have to have a customer face on and for me like it's like i don't mind doing the work but just the idea sometimes of putting on i'm not in the mood to go out and be like chatting the customers and be like put on this facade but you kind of have to and then like i was thinking like oh imagine like you could just pay someone to be nice and then people think god isn't that a nice but it's not you you don't actually have to do that mm. but it um yeah it was just kind of the idea came from i was chatting i was just out having the drink with one of my friends and we were chatting about all these like how like billionaires now they're on talk shows a lot like you have your man the head of disney was doing this talk show and it just came across as like the fakest thing ever to me and um i said geez imagine that that's like not him and he's like what do you mean he's like imagine he hired like an actor to do that like just because he just he could yeah. And then your mom was like, oh, that'd be good, like, film or something. I was like, oh, yeah, I would. I just, I was half locked. I, I wrote a, a note down on my phone. And I think I misspelled it, but I, I found it one day. They had the, the deadline was coming up for having a short play in this joke. And I was like, I'll get that idea. I'll try to write something for that. And then I kept trying to write it as a short story, but it came out as, like, better as a play, I thought. But it was, um, yeah, it was kind of interesting. And the title was called, because, like you're saying there, it's how that's, like, kind of relatable, you know, being in that situation wanting to be out in public but the play was called the least relatable story ever told because he's a billionaire like he's super rich it's not really relatable but it also there's a twin because you don't really feel bad for anyone in the play because they're all like awful people there's like this actor who's real pretentious and then this... oh, i thought i thought you'd be made to feel bad for the billionaire because he like lives lives on his own is like real reclusive and has nothing going for him apart from yeah he's you kind of you do like but it's also like he's a billionaire at the end of the day yeah, yeah. so that was the point of like can you actually feel bad for these people? And I think you could. I do feel sympathy for them all. But they're all also like in this position because they got themselves there. Like the billionaire doesn't have to do all this stuff. A lot of the question is like, why did you guys do this? <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like it's too late for them to go back and change now. It's a bit like, um, you've seen the social network, have you? Yeah. It's a bit like that. I, I felt, you know, the first scene where like... He's just running back from his... And he's on his own department, like, or yeah, I felt a bit bad from that. Like, obviously, this, the like, when the woman left him, like, obviously, like, that was kind of his own fault. He was being a bit of a fucking pretentious mm. prick, like, but I don't know. I well, feel, I don't know. I feel well, like he never got a chance to fucking relax. No other was definitely, yeah. There is like a, a line he walked there between 
you don't want to feel there's some people it's like their troubles aren't really as like um bad as other people like some people like can't afford food put food on the table can't afford shelter you know have real problems struggles but like no one's got a hundred percent rosy you know what i mean like, I'm, I'm not saying like billionaires have it easy like they have it probably like they, my, have, they the, probably have it tougher than most of us to be honest I wouldn't say that now, but uh, well, no, they, but they do have extremes. I, I, I don't know. In the end of the day, I actually, I go on as if I know, as if I know one of them. But yeah, they'd have a tougher. I think they do. Yeah, they do have a tougher most. Why'd you say that? Because the pressure, the pressure. I, I'm going to read in a lot more to it. I'm just. This is just like the generalization of it. But the pressure Elon Musk must feel on a daily basis to whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't know him at all i don't research any of his projects but like all the shit on zuckerberg the pressure they feel on a daily basis to get their shit done like they run big fucking firms and there's a lot of responsibility like like obviously like you have your you have your filmmaking stuff and you have stuff you have responsibilities but like let's say we'll like pair you with like zuckerberg or fucking musk if musk doesn't get one of his projects done that's his livelihood now like if you don't get a project done you'll still be pissed about it yeah and same as me if i don't get something out i'm still pissed about it. but it's not like it's not probably to the same intensity. I feel I'd say the pressure they must feel is is so intense that I'm the money is almost deserved is deserved just for the pressure to feel. Yeah, no, like Elon Musk isn't gonna be out in the streets if he fails now. Like Elon Musk has gone like he's like nearly driven trip like Twitter bankrupt multiple times, like already. <laughs> he's only had it less than a year. There's like um I I think he can like empathize with people sometimes like you like everyone does have struggles like you're saying but i don't think it's like i don't know it's an interesting point i guess but i i can't imagine uh i think they're just very driven people i suppose and they're just not like wired to have like lives like us for them it's about like boosting numbers mm-hmm. and like they just like if they can get that one percent up on a stock market or whatever like i don't really understand how all that works but for them that's all that matters to them is increasing these numbers like because the big thing in the play was like um, he's spending a lot of money on his project and all that. But it's also like, well, why aren't you investing money in like helping homeless people or like feeding people that are starving or whatever, you know? What do you think about that now? The, about them? I, I don't know how much, I, again, I don't know how much they give or whatever, but um, is there an argument sometimes that like they shouldn't feel guilty about it? Obviously, like they probably should, should give a bit, but like that they shouldn't feel guilty about it because they work their bollocks off to get the money. But obviously the fact they're billionaires, I suppose. Yeah. Like a lot of being a billionaire is just luck as well. Like I think I read something about this saying, if you get to that level of wealth, there's no way that you'd have to have a crazy ego because if you like have that much money that you can't even comprehend the idea of acknowledging that a lot of it is just like luck and this coincidence that you happen to be the person to get there, you'd go crazy. So I think a lot of them have to have this mindset like, no, I'm just really great and I work. Like a lot of them like are smart enough and they did come up with these ideas, but it's not like, let's say like whatever amount of money like I like one person earns in a year. It's not the fact that like Elon Musk just worked 1,000 times harder and now he is a million compared to someone having a 1,000. It's like circumstances and like, and some of it is like you know in like in inventiveness but like elon musk for example he's not an inventor he like comes up with an idea and like either get some engineers to do it or he'll buy that product off someone else like he didn't invent the electric car he said can you make an electric car and they're like oh no and he's like oh but do and then they did like you know what i mean yeah. he didn't actually do it himself yeah like, I think a lot, like, also he, like, inherited, like, I think he's, like, his family on, like, a blood diamond mine or something like that, so they're, like, he's yeah, born yeah. into wealth himself, but I do kind of see what you mean about, like, billionaires, uh, like, there's, I'd say it just would break your brain as being that rich, so that's why, that's, yeah, I just think they would do weird shit instead of, like, actual philanthropy. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be weird having that much money. Mm. I don't, um, I, obviously I would like it, but I don't think don't think it'd be comfortable i wouldn't feel comfortable i'd actually feel more comfortable and natural being just actually being like genuinely poor just doing grand or not, like not even doing grand like, like being like below the poverty i'd feel more not not sorry not comfortable because that sounds fucking dumb. yeah <laughs> but it's like i'd feel more no not fucking really poor but just like a bit less 
than now. Like, you know, it, because it's struggling a bit. I'd feel, I, I just feel like that would be, it just, I don't know, it'd just be something so weird about it. I don't know, maybe that's just me. It just gets into my head that I'm like, fucking hell, that's a lot of money. No, I don't, I don't want, I don't want that much money. And I'm not, I'm not, I go on as if like, I'm near, yeah. I'm near getting that much money or anything. But yeah. I just, it just feels, it's just something, it's something, something clicks in my head when I think, when I think about that much money. Like billions or millions? Both, I think. Just too much money. I just because I'm not I, like I'm not intelligent like whatsoever. So I don't. Well, I wouldn't know what a what to do with it or like like b how to like keep hold on to it and actually sustain it. Like yeah, I think just for a lot of these people, they don't like want money the same reason we would like for it be able to relax or buy thing. I think they just want. They're just some of them are just very bit like driven business wise. Like and the depressing thing about someone like Jeff Bezos, who's like one of the most rich people in the world. The reason he started going into space exploration was because um, he said business-wise, he's already kind of succeeded and taken over a lot of these different markets. And space was the last like thing that he hadn't conquered. So instead of thinking, oh, I've wanted to like, basically, I've won business, I've won capitalism, I'll start like helping people, I'll start giving money away. He goes... Well, the only challenge left for me is space and like that kind of mindset i think first of all is very unethical but also like it is that thing you're saying of like if you, like most people who get to that level of rich they're either born into it they're very lucky or they're just very specifically wired brain wise to do it and it's usually a combination of all three yeah but they, they can't they can't like i they just they're guys who just can't switch off like yeah it's unbelievable like even they, they they don't see like even the thing you said about bezos like like really successful people like they, they don't they can't see what they've done they can only see what they could and like that's like that's a pure drug like yeah and it's great in fairness like because you know you want to be pushing on to the next thing and everyone you know every, everyone deep down does want to go and try and achieve something now most people don't actually ever do anything but like you know yeah. everyone deep down like, no one wants to live their whole life with the exact same. Everyone deep down wants to achieve something, but these lads just bring it to such an intense level that the whole world is watching them. Like, it's true. It's true. It's nice, though. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, f- I do. I feel bad for that they can't switch off. That's why I feel bad for them a bit, I think. Because mm. I feel like they've no... Look, obviously, they do have great lives, but I feel like like even you see them out on, like, a vacation or a holiday or something. I was like, are they still thinking like, about their business? Like, they've got that faraway look in their eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like he's thinking about what fucking what I, to invest in next. Like he's swimming yeah. the sea. Like I'm amazed not one of them has tried to become Iron Man. Like they're yeah. they're do like a Batman thing. Like I think they're really funny. They found like Elon Musk was Batman for a month and he, he was bad at it, so we gave up. <laughs> and he tried to keep it quiet. But like I'm surprised. Someone said this to me ages ago. I was like, I'm surprised none of them like tried to like be like become like a king of the world or something or like invent this thing where like there's a king of the whole world yeah. i'm surprised now that's the kind of thing elon must be that's what i was gonna about. say if anyone would do it it'd be elon it would be that much, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's, Imagine that's how the fuck what we, we were talking about filmmaking we were talking we? i think the play was about billionaires so we we're oh yeah yeah we'll go we'll we'll, and we'll take a hard turn out of that tangent now back into <laughs> back what <laughs> we were meant to be talking about um can i talk yeah i talked a bit about the with like resources now like i know i'm lucky that i i'm in the course that i am and i had like for example saying that we just that we just had an ipad at home that i was able to use to be filmmaking and stuff because it's um like i'm not like anywhere near successful that i'd like to be like i had um this film that's coming out in a week or two is called out of sight i made it about a year ago and it's like a horror film and i'm very proud of it but it's um even looking back at it now i can see it's short films like that but i tried to get into a lot of festivals and things like that but it just um it just didn't work out unfortunately like just the way it got into like a few but just not as many as I would have liked and like submitting to festivals is expensive work that like you oh, know yeah you have to spend a lot of money for some of them just to, just to get judged and then they might just get rejected like all right so that's obviously very disheartening so um, but I'll, I'll be happy to have a release now like and I'm, I'm working the trailer at the minute it's kind of spooky so we'll see how that turns out but um it's just weird talking to some people in the course who like not just the course but in general but who want to be doing something similar like filmmaking or wait just making stuff and they just don't like you just know like drive to like get up off the arse and like do something like we had one project and it was um in the college like 
and we had to film it. It was up to us to, um, to, we had to film it ourselves. Say like it was a lot of like you take it into your own hands and you do something. And uh, our group did it. We actually, I think we tr- turned out fairly well. The thing we did, and then we saw these other groups doing it, and they just didn't do anything. And they're like, "Oh, we didn't have access to anything." And they're like, "You have your phone in your hand, you know." Like I did. Um, I'll just check it up here. And these don't do super well, but you ever see those like short films on TikTok or Instagram? Like, like they're not exactly like a regular TikTok, but they're like a little movie or something. You mean like the niche in general, or like an actual page that does them? Uh, whatever. Like, oh, yeah. like so I have a few of my different things like that, and a few of them do okay. Like I have. They get a few thousand views, but they're just like all filmed on my phone and stuff like that. They're the kind of short little quirky ones. Yeah, like they? these kind of ones. Like I don't yeah, know, you probably yeah. think you saw it. Yeah, but um, so they don't do incredibly well, but they do like nice enough, and I'm, I want to keep at it because they're fun to do. But someone was asking like, how do you do it? And it's just the easiest thing. Like you always have your phone in your pocket, and I was thinking of like walking around rather than like being kind of doing nothing, just filming something. Like this one in the, I just one on the train that that's that I really like. And that was there just I was in I was on I was in London and we were like filming uh we're we were just on we we're on a lot of trains and obviously like you know did a lot of time to kill so I just every now and then I just record a little bit and then I edited it all together just on the TikTok like editing that but like cap cut. Cap cut, yeah. And um like that was and that was it. Like what I was saying is like how do you do it? Is like a lot of it is like you just do it. Like or for example like this other film I was telling you about we we're making at the minute someone is saying oh what's this for like is this for a project or anything and it's not it's just for fun and it's because i like doing it and i want to do it and there's some people i know who like you know hopefully for them they do well but it's like they don't seem to have any interest in like getting something together and putting something out there like they need to be kind of told to do something for like a project for college or for something you know like i think there's a lot to be said for actually just making something without being told to like with you with this podcast for example like i don't like that this this wasn't a school project or anything was it this was just you felt the need to do it and you you worked your hours off and did it right mm. so that's like i think a lot of the best stuff gets made is like being like oh why'd you do this and it's like oh because i just had to like i don't know what i'd be doing if i wasn't making this film like genuinely like i like i spent a lot of my time thinking about it if i'm on a bus or something i'll take the script out and i'll write lots of notes on it like this one is very technically and organization wise is all very difficult to do because it's all night shoots and like a lot of extras and a lot of actors and then we have to rent out a nightclub to do like a nightclub scene or show me some clips from that and just to organize getting the actors and the cameras and like all these little bits we have to do it's like it's all over the place like it's maybe nearly i'd say six or seven nights of shooting and it's um if i showed you the script i've had on me now i've just copied the script to keep it me cut and it's it's my shooting script, I call it, because I have all my notes in it for, like, everybody we have to do. And it's all filming stuff out of order and all that. And this might not be the way to do it professionally, but it's why I like to do stuff like editing it myself or whatever, because I know myself, oh, no, I'll need to film a tiny bit here now for the start, even though we're filming a scene from the end. They'll be like, okay, I got a shot here. And they'll be like, why are you doing that? It's like, oh, I know, I just need it for later. And, like, just people, if I can explain it to people, they'll understand. But if I hand this all off to an editor, like, what is this? <laughs> like, this is, yeah, like... Yeah all out order like literally the first shot we did was a shot was one of the last shots of the movie so the oh, movie, you, oh you're not doing this in order this is all no just it's all out of order. it's it's not random it's all planned but it's yeah. very out of order like disjointed like does the, that get confusing even for people on set because they're yeah because like, it's not going in a flow it's like exactly you don't know what state yeah i get confused now if i was on set but it, it, it seems to work though does it it does just that's the conversation thing like so explain to people like and also explaining why we're filming it out of order why, so, why do you film it out of order just uh access wise so the movies it's about this guy who wants to be like an influencer he wants to be like famous but he's not really good at anything like he's kind of just like kind of raised on tiktok and like youtube or whatever and it's like i want to do that but he just doesn't do anything like he's kind of He's like kind of a bit like what we were talking about earlier. People, they don't get up after hours and do anything. They just kind of like, they know they want to be famous and they want this like always on their damn phone, but they just, he's got nothing going on there. Like, you know, yeah. but um, just wants to be famous. And he's heard about this nightclub that's like really exclusive and it's really good for networking and meeting people and making connections and stuff like that. So it's about this guy trying to get into the nightclub, but there's this one bouncer that keeps stopping him. 
So it's like about this rivalry between this bouncer and this guy. And like your man wants to be famous. And because he thinks his way of getting famous is if he gets into this nightclub and meets this this guy he admires, like this kind of Logan Paul type. And then there's the bouncer, the antagonist, who's like, like, no, you're not getting in. And like the more times the guy, so he tries getting in the line. And then you've obviously you've yourself probably not been there in the places with a, but like a bouncer. Did you ever see when lads try like argue with a bouncer? Never ends well. Cause yeah. Bounces, them bouncers have nothing to lose. They will fucking yeah. kick the shit out of you. And like, like, have you ever heard someone change a bouncer's mind? They'd be like, actually, actually no, you're right. You should get in. Like, I'll, I'll yeah, let you in. I'll like, let you in because you're screaming at me. Yeah, yeah, it's always like a lad, like, like, uh, some. It's always some, like, lad who's like a five out of ten with like a ten out of ten girl for some reason. Yeah. You know, they've always got like a girlfriend <laughs> with them and they're like, hey, no, you should let us in because this. this. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's so hard to watch, especially when it's one of your friends then. Because then, like, none of you can go in, like, you know. Or like, oh, just like, oh, it's just very bad. Some people are being like, and like antagonizing the bouncer. So then that's what the movie's about. Is your man just like eventually? But the bad thing is like, because he makes such a scene, the bouncer recognizes him. So anytime he tries to go in another door and he'll see him, he's like, nope, don't let him in. And it's like it's all about that. But this guy trying to get into this nightclub, and the bouncer's like the antagonist. The bouncer's getting in his way. So the actor we had as the bouncer was is Goggle Owen, uh, and he. I got to know him over the year. I he directed a play I was in, and um, I just know from different stuff. Like he's a really cool guy, and he we only had a week to film with him because he's gone away to Australia, and I really want him in the park because he's a good actor and all that, and he's done like proper training. He's like done um, he went to like a drama school and all stuff like that, so he knows his stuff. Like he's really good at it, but we had like a week to film with him, and just because. I I knew there was one or two actors who weren't going to be available that week that we couldn't film it in order. So we said, okay, we'll film this all kind of disjointedly. Like, we'll just get all of Owen's scenes done first. We'll prioritize those. And his scene, he's not in every scene in the movie. He's in maybe like five. But he's like the antagonist. So he's got to make presence. So he's got to be in it. Mm-hmm. So we kind of did it out of order. Whereas like, it was actually kind of like, <laughs> it's it, the very first, the very first thing we shot was like the last time Owen's on screen. Like I knew my head. That's the thing I said about like having a plan of what Wait, I want to shoot. that was the first thing you shot. Yeah, the first shot was Owen's last shot. That makes sense. Yeah. So, because the way I said, the bouncer has his last scene, whatever I knew what the last scene was, and I knew exactly what I wanted it to look like. And it was going to end on a close-up of Owen's eyes. And the very first thing we shot was the close-up of Owen's eyes. <laughs> so I'd be like, I'm trying to explain to And then I put explain to him like saying, okay, We've a few. We we got there kind of early, and it was it wasn't nighttime yet. But I said, okay, might as well start filming. But I could say, okay, well, we can say it's like early in the morning now because it's kind of bright in the sky, but it's getting darker. And I said, we just filmed this now, and he's like, okay, sure. And I said, well, we can't. The reason actually was is because the sky was brighter. So I was like, well, I guess it makes sense to film your last bit now because that takes place when the sky is a bit brighter. Uh, how how do you like when you're putting a film out or like a short film? Like how not how do you know if people like it but like what is there any way you think you can gauge like you know like even when i put out like an episode i never know what the fuck, yeah like, people i could think it's good and people would say it's shite or yeah vice versa like do you ever like obviously you'd have your own perception of it first and then that but um that's that's a good question um because a lot of the people you'll show it to in my experience first is like friends and family and a lot of my friends and family I'll see at first will know I've been working on it for a long time or I might have told them a bit about it and I'll tell them like how hard this thing was or how hard this other thing was. So whatever opinion they give, I kind of know in my head, it's like, oh, well, are they just being nice because they're my friend or are they just being nice because I said, oh, this scene was so hard to film and it took ages to get it, but we finally got it. Are they just being nice because they know I've put a lot of work into this bit or is it like it's hard to gauge when it's genuine or not? And like sometimes people say like I, you can you, like I'm not like saying everyone's snakes like people are like no I'm being serious. Like, but they do then, try. Yeah, I get what you. Yeah. yeah, I get what you mean. They want to be. Yeah, and they then know how much work you put in. Like. But then it's like I do appreciate criticism then because you know when it's someone close is given criticism, you know it's valid. So like one thing like my dad said about the the horror one out of sight was that the sound was very bad. Like it was very hard to listen to, mm. as in the audio. And I was like, okay, well he's obviously he's not going to bullshit on that so I, I went back and i re-edited the sound and i think it's better now hopefully for this version that's getting released 
and um yeah there's just it's stuff like that like youtube is very hard to gauge because um some of my short films haven't gotten a lot of views on youtube but the ones they do it's like you know yourself it's just hard to judge like i no matter what like you're kind of um it's your work like you can um you kind of got to be proud of it yourself because you know how the sausage is made like you know what went into doing it and like watching it like i can remember like editing it and i can remember when we wrote that i remember oh that was a really fun day of shooting so i can't really watch them as movies right away because because i have so much baggage with them where it's like oh i remember that was actually a shit day I just had an argument with one of the actors there and we just had to film and that's why um they, they look like they're in a bad mood or whatever or like uh, or it could be the opposite of like, oh, that was so. F- Remember, we had such a laugh filming that bit. Like afterwards, you just you know, we're laughing our arses off. Or it could be some, like, oh, I remember being really happy with this in the editing room. Or like, I remember that was a cool bit editing. So like, it's kind of hard to switch off. So only recently, I went back to watch what, this movie I made at my brother during lockdown called It Rolls, which is like a horror film about an evil basketball that comes to life. Yeah. And um, I'm only able to watch that as a like as a viewer now. And I, I, I can say I'm, I still enjoy it. Like it's, it's kind of cheesy, but it's kind of funny. Like it's kind of, I can admire it. Like looking back, thinking that was a great time with my brother during lockdown. We were both very stressed, obviously, but we made a movie together, and it was nice, you know. Mm-hmm. And likewise, say looking back recently on a, uh, the first short play I ever had put on, called "The Serial Killer Walks Into a Bar," and that the plays are actually really interesting because you um you only put them on like live once or twice and they have videos and all that but you know you put them on live um it can be hard talking to people right after because like plays are different than like a movie where it's like it's all preparing 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 and you can't edit it something that made a mistake like any mistakes that happen happen yeah. but like where it's in a movie if a mistake happens you kind of have to cut it out obviously but with a play it's like it's all just you have to hope that the work you did leading up to it will pay off and then afterwards, it's really nice talking to people. I remember um, I kind of take reception from plays a little bit more to heart because uh, one of the nice things actually happened was it was like a girlfriend of one of the, this person who was really involved in society and his friends there. So they, they, as a couple, they would go to a lot of the plays that get put on. And so I this recent one, the least relatable story I ever told, after that i was like obviously there's a few plays on there's five other plays on and they were they were all very good i thought i enjoyed them all like in different ways they're all a real variety of them and uh but this girl came over and she was like i like i kind of i knew her to see her and she goes um like i always love your plays i was like oh thank you she's like no no i mean it anytime we come and one of your plays is on it's always my favorite of what's on and i was like for some reason I believed her like because I and I didn't know before and no one forced her to come up and say that but it just felt yeah. very genuine and that felt very nice not in the moment. I think that's what it is genuine when someone actually just comes up and says it where like you didn't ask them but I feel like when you ask someone about yeah, it it's like, like oh so what do you think <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, I, yeah. It. I do no that's what yeah that's why if, like, if I know someone has come to one um, and we'll be hanging out afterwards like a day or two after like so what do you think I'd be kind of, I'd let, I kind of if it's going to come up I'll let them come up or I'll, I'll talk about the act I always kind of I tend to deflect praise and be like, oh no, they're a really good actor, aren't they? Or like stuff like that. But I do, I do love the buzz after a play, to be honest with you, because we all kind of, usually it's, it's, uh, even if it's acting, like that's really fun because it's, you know, how much work's gone into it and you get to hang out with people afterwards. We'll all go out for a drink and chat about it. And I love short play festivals because they're probably 20 minutes at most. And so you've had maybe like an hour, two hours of like five different, completely different stories. And you kind of talk about them all. And then you can, you switch gears real quick and be like, oh yeah. And how funny was that? But that would have been very serious, wasn't it? That was very yeah. good. But then it wasn't the gas when he came in, he tripped over. Like, yeah. it's gas. Like there's this, um, you know, Rebecca McCarthy, we went to school with. She's yeah. in the drama side now. She had a play called, um, oh, it was like, it was like a house robbery play, but she did it like stuff was going wrong. But it was planned, but it made it look like the actors are making mistakes or they're making mistakes to the lights, but it was all planned. Mm. And it was gas. It was really funny. Like I was on the wing. I had to like I was bite my hand to try not laugh out loud. It'd be something really simple, like the joke. Oh, it's called the Propolis play. That was it. Um the joke was the actors came out and there had been the the set hadn't been hadn't been delivered. 
So the actors like, but it got, but they did it like someone came out gave a speech beforehand saying introducing this new play. Just so you know, uh, we had a problem with the set, so there's no set for this. But just the actors are gonna be great. They're gonna work with it. But one of the actors didn't get the memo, and they walk out and they're like, well, "Where's the set?" <laughs> and it was uh, that was really funny. So it's it's really nice to be able to like switch gears because you know this whole thing in plays like I think everyone feels obliged to clap for stuff. Yeah. And I've sat through, I've seen some plays where people are like, people are kind of clapping because it's like, it's the polite thing to do, maybe. Just to be nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's someone's like, you're clapping for this. <laughs> but yeah. then, so then it's like, that's not to be mean, but it's like, you know, it's something that, that is the way, like, but um, so then I'm always thinking, like, fuck, are they just clapping because they know I'm in the audience or like, because they don't want to be mean. But then it's nice when you can kind of feel it's genuine, you know? Yeah, and do you ever, do you ever sit watching a play where you're like, Jesus, that wasn't hectic and then you go and kind of feel like jesus does anyone think that about my stuff do you ever get do you ever get yeah. a bit like that where you're like oh fuck like i think it's good and a, a lot of people tell me it's good but there's a little voice in the back of your head and it's a bit of a rational thought it's like is it you, is that yeah. what i'm like yeah yeah because like um like no matter what i i would never say like a play's bad because no matter what like it's someone's made something and it takes a lot of effort to do it so i would never like I wouldn't talk shit about a specific play. Just one to say, oh, that's not really to my taste. But no matter what, like, it's any play getting done, man, is amazing. Like, the fact that someone can, like, type something up on their laptop and then a few weeks later, a lot of people have remembered all the lines and come out and perform it. That's, like, very, that's, that's very impressive, I have to say, like, you know. But, so from that perspective, I can see it. But there's also, like, people who don't see it that way. People are like, that's not shit, <laughs> you know. And then, so I do definitely, you have that insecurity in you. Um, and I don't think it ever goes away, really. You just kind of have to, like, you, you just, I, for me, like, I don't build, I wouldn't build my confidence off of, like, what people think, because that, that would just destroy you then. You'd never do anything. Or then you'll end up right, if you write another play, you'll end up writing it for an audience. Be like, what would, what would people like? oh, no, people wouldn't like that. I won't write this. That's, like, a bad way of doing it because so it's, like... Do you write it then to for yourself kind of thing, like something you'd enjoy watching? Yeah, kind of. I kind of think, like, writing it, it kind of goes back to, like, when you're a kid playing, you're just like, oh, well, oh, and I'd love if this happened now, and they'd be like, nah, it doesn't make sense, but you kind of... just There is a sense of, like... Sometimes you write something, you're like, oh, this is... Why am I doing this? I hate this. So you kind of... If you're going to spend months rehearsing it, you do want to write something you enjoy and something you're interested in and like something that's like keeps your attention you know and it's like it's really easy to get disheartened like with the film or with a play or something like that there's so many moments where i was like i just it just hits you out of nowhere i could be getting a tea or something or i'd be in a shop and i just be like it struck me as like what am i thinking what no one's gonna watch this or no one's gonna like this like thinking about why did i write something about this or like that but you always kind of you got to remember why you started writing it in the first place and just kind of take it on like i kind of would be very influenced by um other people's writing say sometimes where it's like oh that was a really good like i kind of not that i'd switch genres baby like oh i kind of wish i wrote something like that and then that's like the bad thing because you're never going to write exactly like someone else so you'd write something like oh fuck why didn't i write a funny play i should have written a funny play or like why didn't i write like a like a more serious thing like look how serious that was that was really good mine's not serious at all but like the point is like they're all different and they're all like distinct flavors you know yeah and it's probably a bit uh i i actually get a bit of that as well with this when like you see someone and you almost change now like i, I kind of you do sometimes you just kind of get interested in other jo- yeah. genres stuff like even like i'd listen to it's almost like i you'd almost get molded a bit like subconsciously by like what you listen to so like i'd listen to a lot of like Williams, Chris Williamson, but then it also listens to like likes of like Theo Vaughn or something who's like a nutcase. Yeah. And then there's Joe Rogan who's very like laid back. And then there's yeah. the two Johnnies who are like really like active, try to be funny all the time. Yeah. So there's kind of um it's the same. You're kind of like Jesus, I could be a bit like them. And it's all probably because they're successful and you see the yeah. all the fucking attention they get from it. Like Yeah, but so it's you, you're constantly changing from one type to the other, like But yeah, I think and then because we are all influenced by stuff as well. Like, I think it's important to be able to be like, oh, no, well, I want to be a bit like this, like that person or be like that. But I think, like, no matter what, your own voice always kind of comes out in the end. And that's like, that's what people, if they're going to get interested, that's what they are interested in. Like, I'd rather listen to someone 
be genuine and like whatever like actually have to use their own voice in like in whatever in podcasts and in writing or in directing or in plays i'd rather see someone do a genuine like expression of themselves and it be it not do super well for whatever or like even if it's not too thing then see someone do like an impression of someone else because that's just gonna because that's like you can't you know you can't keep up a facade forever you can't like like you ever hear someone do like try to be like the two donnies or whatever like like that it's very hard like to it'll wear off eventually because you'll you'll forget why like how to do it after a while and it just corrodes at your soul and then it's like oh like you like because I think there is influence. Like the two Johnnies, they're like probably influenced by like a lot of other early people. They would they would have hung out with, and they would have listened to on the radio and Irish comedians and stuff like that. But at the end of it, you can tell they're genuine. Say or like say the same for a lot of other podcasters. You know, like you kind of there is obviously a lot of overlap with stuff, but you can't just put it down to they're copying one person or copying the other. Like if they're you know if they, they have their own voice that's what tends to kind of make people sit up a bit you know and that's like true with any other creative endeavor i have to say yeah um there was something i had in my head to ask you but then i just started talking about fucking chris williams and yeah. i forgot you can pause it um if i don't get it in the next 15 seconds i'll pause it sorry this this happened yesterday as well. I actually thought about it yesterday. I think my brain is getting a bit sharper where I do kind of mm. things do come back to me. Um oh yeah. Do you ever feel like burnt out by filming or like like obviously like everyone gets like demotivated and stuff, you're like a day oh, I don't want to fucking do this. But is there ever like period like genuine like long periods of where you're like, Yeah, I don't really feel, I don't really want to be creative, I don't feel creative and it's just like you you're like making there's no buzz out of it, it's just like I don't really fucking like doing this shit yeah definitely um so like for example a big part of it was when out of sight came out that well i first started pushing at the festivals that was like that took a lot of work editing it like i just know myself i put like a lot of effort into the editing and into the filming and i spent a lot of time on it and there's small stuff and it like little editing moments that only if you like i don't want to sound like a knob saying this but like only editors will notice because it's super quick and it could be like an hour spent on something that goes by in one second but and that's stuff that i put in for myself to keep myself motivated because it's like i like stuff like that i find some of that interesting i know if i saw that in a movie i'd be like oh that's kind of cool and put all that in and it feels like all these hours and hours of work and he puts something out there and then it just kind of i wouldn't say it flopped because it got into a few festivals but it just didn't get into as many as i would have liked it was what i hoped for and so that's just for an example whatever and you do you can feel very demotivated and being like am i just like inherently not good at this or it's a thing of like i've thrown so much at the wall just need to take a break because i i tend to take a lot of projects on at once like was at one stage this year where i was like i was in one play that was going to be in like a like a big play festival like a like the big play festival in ireland like all the dramatic arts thing like that and the week before i was in another play that was going to be on the smock alley that's like this revival of a like a 16th century play that's never been performed called hicka to bk for this um this guy called alan waldron he's like a lovely guy it's for his phd um research he's reviving this whole play that was is they reckon it's the first kind of shakespearean era play written in ireland and about ireland but as far as we know it never been performed until then and the character i was playing was very physical it was like Gollum, so it was very physically draining like walking around like that and like the acting was very like taxing and it's old timey language and then also i had like college stuff on like a lot of assignments coming due and it was all kind of coming together at once for me and i just came very close to just like not being able to do anything like i was really struggling to get out of bed in the mornings because i knew once i was up the day it started and it had to be all go so i'd kind of try to prolong being like oh i'm still asleep <laughs> yeah. and then there's stuff where it's like i just you couldn't do right it's same with writing stuff i find um you kind of have to build up habits and stuff so like when i break away from writing get burnt out of it doing a lot of it for a while you do kind of need to take a break but um i think now i'm a little bit better at uh trying to i don't know how do you do you ever feel like that like do you would is your my method now is trying to um prevent it 
prevention getting to the stage when burnt out rather than recovering from getting burnt out because I think prevention is a lot easier than than trying to heal yourself from like getting burnt out what do you think yeah that's actually a fair point yeah because when you get burnt out you just start like it's very tough it, it's not that the next few days are off but it's very tough to do something they kind of keep being it's very hard like fair enough like you can go to work when you're burnt out or whatever if you have a nine to five just a normal job mm. but it's very tough to actually because like what you're doing is a very creative job it does take yeah takes a lot of thinking and a lot of like mental effort to go into it so like when you're burnt out it's very tough to do something like that but i don't know i i uh, I don't think I ever get burnt out. It just it almost sometimes it just gets to a stage where I'm like I just don't want to look at this shit anymore. And uh, mm. the, but I think what keeps I don't know what keeps you going now, but it, what keeps me going is like the goal, like just goals. The only thing I really have, I have very simple goals, just get a hundred episodes. Yeah. And I don't know what what got into my head that I just said that story. I was like I'm not, I don't care what happens. It's just like this that has to happen, or I don't know what I'll think. To be honest, I I don't know what I won't have any belief in myself if I can't stick to something that i said i'd do mm. so that's kind of what um drives me on a bit so i i do there now there is multiple times like even this year i think last time i was talking to you i was like i'm kind of done with it like yeah you're and there is you're mul- like, yeah. multiple times and i still now i haven't haven't felt like that in a while but it does come for like an and it happens in a number but that's why i asked you about the burner thing because that happens with me for like a few weeks where you're like and i still manage to get things out but i notice it's not as good because you're like i don't really want to do this and like and that's when all the stuff comes that's all the stuff i'm asking you about i'm just kind of trying to relate it back a bit i'm just curious because uh it's like oh there's no point doing this like look at the fucking listens and look at all the all the bad stuff comes into your head when you're burnt out yeah that's maybe as you say that's probably to avoid getting burnt out rather than yeah it's gravity gets you down you kind of i think you need to um i don't know it's it's that thing where it's like the views and stuff do get to me with stuff like that with the short ones on tiktok say for example like i remember i put one up and it was like it did it what it didn't do one real like it didn't go viral but just it was quite it got kind of overwhelming where it'd be like literally every time i look at the phone it'd have like 100 likes or 100 views and I'm like fuck like like it kept growing i was like oh it's mad and then it went like that for like four days and then i looked at it again and it just had stopped getting new ones and i was like no <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i kept yeah. refreshing it and maybe every hour i'd get five likes i was like need more and then i'd put other ones out and then they wouldn't do as well so i you got to be careful like while you're doing it so like if i was motivating myself purely on um getting that hit of like all these likes and notifications and stuff that can be nice that's like gratifying that people are seeing what you're doing and like listen to what you're doing for example but if you you'd have to enjoy the work i think like you have to be motivated by like no, I like the process of sitting down and making this. And then if people see it, great. People don't, whatever. Like my mindset would always be, even to myself, be like, well, worst case scenario is when something does kind of, when things do start working out, people can look back and they'll find all this big catalog of work that was happening. Like, you know, like you kind of, the way I look at it is like, you look at anyone who's successful in any body work you want to do. Like, do you think they just like, it was always easy. Like they just like, the first thing they made, they, they it got sold and it became like a Spotify bought their podcast straight away and it became a million dollar thing, like or like with writing books and stuff like that. It's like like the way I talk to some like different some people I talk to, they they hit one speed bump and they just like get totally discouraged and like write just completely like just not even just like to the point where they're like a bit sad about it. They're just like angry at the world and like oh how dare how dare I get like hit a speed bump and all that like. It's um, yeah, it can be yeah, it can be tough though, um, getting over that. But I think you do have to remember that even if like success isn't the end goal, you need to kind of at least say, oh well, I tried. Like it's not like I gave it a go. You know, like how many people can say to have a podcast with a hundred episodes? You can by the end of this year, but like, you know, it doesn't. If say if whatever happens with the views like that doesn't matter like at the end of the day you could say one thing that a lot of people can say is that you stuck with it and you gave it a go and you actually got there you know yeah i don't say it too often but like i am kind of proud of myself to an extent because i know there's a lot of times like that i could have quit and you don't hear many people from the country ever say i'm proud of myself but i think yeah. i have to maybe force myself to be a bit less miserable about myself and like i think i'm actually proudly done like to be honest like i'm not doing too bad like we've, that this is probably be number 40 yeah. so like fuck it like i'm I could have quit at like 20, at like twenty episodes this year. I could have quit at fucking 
30 episodes the first year. So. Yeah. Um, but you've kept that. And then there's stuff like, you're also like, Quinton's great. Like, you're like the good yeah, 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 yeah. But also then, it does, it does feel great when you stick at something and then, you know, come back to it. Or like, there's nothing better than like actually setting something down and saying, I'm 100% done. Whatever happens with this now happens with it. Like, you could, like, no one can take away the fact that you did something. Hmm. It's like, and the same for anything in life. It's like, if you go for a run or go for a walk, no matter what, like, you, that's done. That's set in stone. You went for a walk, you went for a run, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and overall, I think the reason we both do both of these things, like we talk about, like, you know, like, some days not, not wanting to do, but I, I do this because I genuinely enjoy it. I think it's fun. Like, yeah. I actually think it's fun. And it's like, uh, what you were saying earlier is like I don't know what else I'll be doing. Like I don't I don't know what the fuck. Like yeah. I like I play a bit of hurling and like I have a few bits going on, but like I wouldn't like this this takes up a lot. This takes up more so talk because that's it's not about what I I could fill my day with something else, but I don't know what the fuck I think about. Like yeah, like you just I just get so bored. Like that's that's what I think. I know. When I'm in work, I'm always I'm just constantly thinking about like what I'm gonna do when I get home and I'm gonna write or the script idea I had or I always keep a little notebook with me for like ideas and like if i'm on a walk or i'm out at work i'll I'll, sni- I'll like slip away for two seconds and write something down and then just like i love the idea that like you can it's something you can do you can be thinking about and it's fun to think about and you get excited about it and like you know i love coming back from like i know the night shoots are very are very tough but i love the feeling of coming back and lying in bed and not have to sleep because i think about like wow that's great we spent all night filming it was cool and all that and um yeah, and type of thing of the excitement and the dread for of like, it's just it is like really well doing. Like I I don't uh, I don't know if you ever felt like this way, but I know in school, um, a lot of our friends and like people know I write that a lot of our friends were like gaheads heads or like would be in sports like that, and it'd be just something they chat about like at lunchtime, and it's it's like you know chatting about like said they played a match over the weekend or they they had something coming up, and it'd be something they could be either like proud of or like annoyed about or could talk about. And I was never super sport. Like I did athletics and stuff. And I did a bit of rugby in first year, and that ended miserably. But um, I uh, so when I started doing a bit of writing and stuff, I um, there was like a writing competition in the school, and I just remember it, it came at a time when I was feeling a bit down about myself, like because all like I felt like all the all my other friends had stuff going on that they could be proud about and they could talk about, and they had like filled their time with, and I just said, oh, I'll just. I'll, I'll write a story here for this thing and i ended up like winning the prize and then this felt really good I remember uh one of the lads was with us when we were reading when they're announcing it and he had noticed i was like we're, i'm friends with this lad but he had noticed any time an announcement came on because i knew they were announcing the winner that day i'd sit up and then it got to the third point in the day when they did an announcement i sit up and he's like oh look at this guy and then they're obviously listening out and he's messing with me like like being like oh he, like poke me or something like that and then he actually called my name and he's like oh. <laughs> he froze and this is funny and i remember saying it to him after like chatting to the lads at lunch about it and then they're like actually showing an interest and not that they like the lads had ever been bad but it just it felt nice to be able to have something i could be kind of proud of and be able to talk to people about and to be like a sense of achievement like you know and like not that you need that all the time like you need to be winning awards for like stuff to be able to feel proud about what you do but that was kind of one of the first times i could be like oh no just kind of doing creative stuff it can actually be a bit fulfilling and you can talk to people about it mm-hmm. and you know people will listen and people be interested you don't have to win like awards to get that but you can actually be like after that i kind of got more confidence to be like at lunchtime to be like oh well, i'm actually writing a script at the minute about this or whatever and then uh yeah, so it would, it's all. It's just kind of, it's cool. It's nice to get that something to fill your day with, like you're saying, and something to actually feel good about yourself over, you know. Because mm. I was never like I, I kind of early on, I kind of coughed. I was never going to be like great at sports in school, so I was like, oh well, I can do this. I enjoy doing this, so I'll, I'll stick with this, like, and then see how it turns out, you know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I suppose I'm really leave it there. Sure. Mm. Um. You've no last words just to fill out the third. Well, I don't fill out the third book uh well yeah i suppose keep an eye on the instagram and stuff like that i'll be posting hopefully my newest horror film out of sight will be out soon excellent yeah it's uh it's like a kind of a thriller horror thing about a serial killer who turns his victims invisible and one of his latest targets emma is 
Pewat falls prey and she tries to survive in a world where no one else can see her except the man trying to kill her. And then coming later in the summer is one I'm very excited about. The script has got, uh, it got, this script alone got a shortlisted first media award, which is very exciting. It's very nice to get that acknowledgement. So, um, yeah, I'll be probably come on once that out to promote it again. But yeah, keep the eye on the old social that's Instagram, like Instagram.adam on Instagram. And then I think it's his colorinator on TikTok. So like that. I don't know if anyone uses Twitter anymore, but if you want to tell me that it's uh, Adam is Cullen. And yeah, so I'll be announced anything I'm posting on that. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Dan. Job on. No bother. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. So. <laughs>